And the Lord's proving to him, hey, it's a voice that you need to hear, and it's my voice. And I don't need to speak to you loud. I want to speak to you inwardly. Or he's saying, I don't just want to speak to you on the outside. I want to speak to you on the inside. And so many times people shut down and shut away that voice. God is continually speaking. Even as a believer, sometimes we can be so busy doing this and doing that and life's demands that we sometimes shut the voice of God. We isolate ourselves. We get into self-pity. We lose our identity. And guess what happens? We're listening to the wrong voice. The quieter you become in your spirit, the more you can hear the voice of God telling you and encouraging you that you're not alone. Rest in knowing that He is with you. The Bible says clearly in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament in Hebrews 13, 5, that He would never leave you nor forsake you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. Doesn't matter what happens in your life, He will never leave you nor forsake you. Hey, if you have a Bible or an iPad or an iPhone, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, I'm beginning, a, not beginning a series, but I'm in the, the, the completion of a series, and I want to introduce today something very special that took me an entire year to work on, and that is my new book, Winning in Adversity. This is being released as of right now, and I am so thankful for this 100 pages of what I'm going to share briefly today. It's available at Amazon.com. However, here at Metroplex Family church in the days ahead. You can get your own copy at no cost. And also in this next week, in the next two weeks, we'll be sending copies of this book with the request of the chaplain down to the T Correctional Facility as a part of the Texas Department of Corrections as an outreach. And so we're giving that book. As a matter of fact, one of my books is already down there and it's a favorite down there. So who knows how God uses some of the strangest things. I'm a, I'm a hero in a correctional department <laughs> facility, so they like the writing. So they think that I'm Mr. Big Time Minister or whatever. I don't care. And that's not what's important. What's important is lives are being changed. These men are being helped. And I really believe this book, Winning Adversity, as you're about to hear about today and just a synopsis of it, uh, will encourage you like it's going to encourage a lot of other people. It's basically a life story of my own life. And in the book, you hear a couple of stories from my own life that I believe will encourage you. Hey, let's look again at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 uh, in the Passion Translation if they will help me with that. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, the Passion. But before I get to that, the Apostle Paul was considered to be the John Wayne of Christianity. Uh, of course, anybody who's around me knows that John Wayne is my hero. And, uh, you know, John Wayne is the man that does what's right, and he does it right, and everything turns out right. But the Apostle Paul in that day, he had such a winning attitude about adversity. You know, this man, no matter what was happening around him, he never stopped thinking and acting like the winner that God said he was. He dared to believe that as long as God was on his side, that nothing was going to be impossible to him. And I tell you what, what an attitude that is needed in the days we live in, ladies and gentlemen. Today, as in the Apostle Paul's time, people were dealing with anxiety, mental pressure, depression, adversity that could destroy people's lives if they allowed it. And people today are looking, in my opinion, my observation as a pastor, as a senior leader, they're looking for the rest in their soul. They're looking 
looking for peace that comes from God. And the Apostle Paul had such a beautiful attitude in dealing with it. And I want to take the time just for the next couple of minutes just to share with you 10 statements or 10 spiritual things, and it'll be on the screens. And again, it's available in the book as well as metroplexfamilychurch.com that will empower you to win against adversity. The first one is found here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 8. Notice what it says. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we do not know what to do, but quitting is not an option. Verse number 9. We are, we are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. Watch this at the end of this verse here, verse 9 in the Passion Translations. It says that we may be knocked down, but not out. I like that. So basically, point number one, Satan may knock me down from time to time, according to the Apostle Paul, but he will never knock me out. And I love that attitude. I think that's an attitude of a winner. That's an attitude, again, that my faith is not in myself, but my faith is in God. Number two is you look down at the bottom of this chapter, and again, I encourage you to read this entire chapter. And again, the whole New Testament, is specifically after the book of Acts, well, Acts 2, but Romans going all the way through the epistles, you see this attitude in this man. But he says something that's hilarious here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number, uh, verse number 16. I mean, verse number 17. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. Listen to this. It says, for our light affliction. So what the apostle Paul is calling what you're going through, he calls light afflictions. And just a moment, I'm going to show you all the things he went through. And I think it's hilarious that Satan fires sometimes his best shot at this man of God, but guess what? He always prevails. And notice what he says here in verse number 17. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Verse number 18. While we do not look at things which are seen, notice this, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are, which are seen are temporary. Everybody say temporary. Notice that. Say it with me one more time. For the things which are not seen are temporary, or one version says subject to change. So what you're looking at is what? Subject to change in the Lord. And he says this, for the things which are seen are temporary or subject to change, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so I love that what he says there in verse number uh, 17. He says this simply, our light affliction is but for a moment. So Paul is calling physical battles, he's calling challenges a light affliction. I don't know about you. I think that is so awesome of this man. He sort of reminds me, and, I th and some have said this, that the Apostle Paul and Rocky have a parallel together. And we've got a video here we're going to show you in just a moment. They're getting that ready. Uh, this is the, from the movie Rocky Balboa, where he shares about life's adversities. But before we go to that video, I want to take a, just a step back into the Old Testament real quickly, or briefly for just a moment. Again, this is in um, um, uh, Proverbs 24, 16, Proverbs 24, 16 before we show that video. Listen to this in Proverbs 24, 16. It says, a righteous man or woman, notice this, may fall seven times, but notice this verse, and rise again. Isn't that awesome? It says, you may fall seven times. Why the number seven? I don't know. I think God could put 27 in there. It doesn't matter. The point is you can fall, but what's the key thing? You'll rise again. Isn't that good news? Isn't that awesome? That's God's word to you and I. And, in my, and, and of course, over in, in Micah 7, 8, one of my favorites in this context of what we're talking about in verse number uh, Micah 7, 8, listen to this. It says, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. And notice 
notice that Satan, again, when you fall, the enemy of your soul, what's the one thing he does, ladies and gentlemen? He mocks you. He laughs at you. He lets you know that, hey, I've got you down, and if I've got you down, I'm going to defeat you. But look what it says here in verse number 8 of Micah 7, 8. Again, this is, these are Old Testament promises. It says, when I fall, I will what? I'll arise. Everybody say that together with me. When I fall, I'll arise. What's the most natural thing to do when you fall? Get right back up. I like this too. Look what it says right here. It says, I will, when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. When all that depression, with all that anxiety comes knocking on your door, when you feel like that, you know, I'm in a place where I just don't know how I'm going to win in this situation. How am I going to have a breakthrough in this situation? What does it say here? It says, the Lord will be a light to you. When you move towards the Lord, light comes. If you sit in darkness, darkness gets greater. But what happens if you're in a dark room? All of a sudden, the light comes on. How many times have I been to concerts and, and did concert production and the things I enjoyed the most that right before, especially in the concerts that I did with the bands I was working with, that was completely dark and all you saw was, at the time in the 80s, was big lighters. This was before cell phones. But I mean, when the first note of that music, I mean, one of the things in our production was let the lights be completely in your face because light is greater than darkness. And you know, here it says right here, failure to me, number three, is, and this is so important, failure is never final with the Lord. You may fall, you may get to a place of lowness, you, or low, being low or dark or, or depressed as they may say. You may get to that place of darkness, but that failure is never final with the Lord Jesus Christ or with our Father God. And again, I, I just like this movie situation with Rocky Balboa. This is, uh, it, and we, we're showing the whole clip here basically. Because what it portrays here is, it's almost, and please don't, you know, don't get mad at me. Don't give comment, uh, send me ugly notes about the fact that I'm comparing God to Rocky, okay? <laughs> All right, but I just, sort of, just want to picture this, okay? Whatever you're going through right now, look at this scenario. And let's just picture, just, just, just bear with me, okay? I've watched it over and over thinking that, okay, let's don't think that Pastor Brian's getting weird spiritually. Let's let Rocky be the Lord talking to you right now, Okay? You're, you're coming towards him. You're complaining about your life. You're frustrated about your life. Don't tell me that that's never been the case. How many of you ever been frustrated with the Lord? I could raise all 10 fingers and 10 toes. And, and I mean, we've all been frustrated. We don't, we don't understand. Sometimes we blame, you know, God for doing things that actually our enemies doing or ourselves. Okay, hello, ourself that gets us in trouble. But anyway, look what happens here and listen to the words of the Lord through Rocky, okay? and let this speak to you and I'll be right back. Go ahead, y'all. You know, living with you, it hasn't been easy. People see me, but they think of you. Now with all this going on, this is going to be worse than ever. It don't have to be. No, sure it does. Why? You got a lot going on, kid. Oh, well, my last name? That's the reason I got a decent job. That's the reason why people deal with me in the first place. Now I start to get a little ahead. I start to get a little something for myself, and this happens. Now I'm asking you as a favor not to go through with this, okay? This is only gonna end up bad for you, and it's gonna end up bad for me. You think I'm hurting you? Yeah, in a way you are. That's the last thing I ever wanted to do. I know that's not what you want to do, but that's just the way that it is. Don't you care what people think? Doesn't it bother you that, that people are making you out to be a joke and that I'm going to be included in that? Do you think that's right? Do you? Hmm. 
You ain't gonna believe this. But you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's gonna be the best kid in the world. This kid's gonna be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day. It was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you gotta be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you wanna be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always gonna love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son, you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a life. Don't forget to visit your mother. I just love that, don't y'all? How many of you have said, I've never heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. You just did. He sounds like Rocky. <laughs> oh, Pastor Brian, you're stretching the truth and the scriptures. No, seriously. There's a lot of truths in that. I wish they would play that at every high school graduation, in my opinion. And uh, that just says a lot. Hey, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's look here at the Apostle Paul's life. The Apostle Paul, even though he had severe adversity, this man was not moved by it. And I just want to show you, you think you've got some problems here. Look at what the Apostle Paul was going through in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Notice what it says here in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 24. Listen to this. This is what he was going through. Okay, it says that the Jews, five times he received 40 stripes minus one. Three times, verse 25, he was beaten with rods. Once he was Stone. Three times he was shipwrecked. A night and a day he's been in the deep, in journeys often in perilous waters, in perilous robbers, and perilous of his own countrymen, and pearls, pearls by the Gentiles, and pearls in the city, pearls in the wilderness, pearls in the sea, and among false brethren. Verse 27, in weariness and toil, and sleeplessness often, and hunger and thirst, and fastings often, cold and naked, and besides all these things that came upon him daily, it says, my deep concern for all the churches. That's what this man of God was going through. But over in Acts chapter 20, Acts chapter 20, notice what he says here. This is just what an attitude here. And I think about if this man could go through these kind of things, and that list is pretty severe. You think you're having a bad week. Check out what this man was going through. But he says in Acts 20, notice what it says in verse number 24. Just listen to this, Acts 20 verse 24. And again, you can get these things in the 
book, or I'll get those to you, or you can get them at metroplexfamilychurch.com. But notice what it says, Acts 20, verse 24. It says, but none of these things move me. <laughs> I like that. None of these things move me. How many of us need to be saying that? I don't know about you. This motivates my life. Even though there's pressure, even though there's problems, even though there are dark times, notice what he says. None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. When you belong to the Lord, you belong to him. And by the way, your life here is not the only life. You can tell your atheist friends they don't believe in eternity. You believe in eternity, and one of us is going to be right, and one of us is going to be wrong, but I believe I'm going to be right, and you're going to be wrong. And by the way, when you truly put your head down at night, Mr. or Ms. Atheist, is there really, 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 really an anti-God so deep within you that you can't just reach out to a loving God that wants to whisper and tell you how much he loves loves you. I'm telling you what, in your deepest, darkest moment, and even though you may, may, may be mad at God, I'm telling you what, he will be right there with love. Oh, he's a great father. And notice what he says right here, nor do I count myself or count my life dear to myself that I may finish my race. That means finish my life with joy and the ministry which I've seen from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Notice what he says there, ladies and gentlemen. He says what? I am not moved by these things. And I think what an attitude. What an attitude to have, especially in the day of social media and the quickness of news as we see it and how it can, and can, how it can bear down on our thinking. He goes over in 2 Corinthians and uh, says it even better. Look at this in 2 Corinthians. Again, I'm moving fast because there's a lot of scriptures here. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, just listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. And this, this is awesome here. Listen to this. It says, this is the apostle Paul speaking to. It says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. Listen to that. Thanks be to God who leads us, what? Into triumph. He leads us into victory. He said, well, Pastor Brian, my friend, my family member, they died at this age. Well, if they were a believer, they got, they got the other side of the victory, did they not? You said, well, I hate it they left early. I do too. I never want a family member to leave. I don't know about you. I love them. I want them to be with us. I want people to live long and live older lives. But sometimes that doesn't happen. But notice what it says here. I love this right here. This, 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 this so captures the gospel. It says, thanks be to our Father God who always, everybody say always, always leads us. Notice that always is leading you, guiding you, directing you into triumph. And I like, I like that word. It reminds me of a military term. It reminds me of what we did in World War II when Hitler kept saying that he was going to conquer us. But over a period of time, what did we do? We triumphed and we came into Berlin and we saw the destruction of the Third Reich. We triumphed over him. And you know what? You can triumph over your adversity, not in your own strength, but in the strength of the Lord. I'll tell you what, I'm doing some pretty good preaching today. I don't know about you. You may be going through a life-threatening situation right now and it may be bearing down on you, but I want you to remember is how you respond in this adversity determines your victory. If you respond in fear and cower down to this, it will destroy you. But if you respond in faith, faith moves God and faith will always win. You say, Pastor Brian, I've got this diagnosis. I've got this. I've got that. This is coming down on me. You don't know how bad it is. I am falling apart. Listen, I can understand if you're falling apart, but listen, God will put you back together if you fall apart. He is the master of taking 
taking your mess and turning it into a message, taking that test and turning it into a testimony. But you've got to give it to him. If you try to fight it in your strength and your own power and your own understanding and why God this and why God that and completely ignore your enemy, one of the greatest generals of World War II that I highly respect and the reason why I respect him so much was he was, this, was George Patton. He was the student of his adversaries. And by the time you get to my age, which is young at 58, and the older you get, you'll begin to see what I call is demonic patterns. Satan knows how to flick, as they say, your trigger and set you off emotionally. And he'll, he knows how to do that. And always he's waiting for that opportunity. But if the older you get, the wiser you get, and the more you seek this powerful principles of truth in this word and learn from men like this, then you begin to understand that with your adversary, you can shake it off. Hey, turn to Acts chapter 28 or watch this in Acts chapter 28. This is a message from my dear pastor, Pastor Harold Nichols. He taught me this many years ago from the Apostle Paul's life. And it was the most powerful, liberating things I'd ever heard at that time and still to this day, even to this very moment. In Acts chapter 28, this is at the end of the, the book of Acts. This is the Apostle Paul when he was on that island and listen to this story that what happens to him and how it relates to you and I concerning winning an anniversary. Check this out. Listen to this. In verse 1, this is the Apostle Paul on his, on his mission trips. He says when they escaped, this is the, this is the situation after they uh, had that shipwreck. It said when they escaped and they found that they were on the island of Malta, verse number two, the natives showed unusual kindness for they kindled a fire and made them all welcome. This is, of course, after the shipwreck because of the rain was falling because it was cold. Verse number three, check this out. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on a fire, a viper or a snake came out of the heat and fastened to his hand. All right, now check this scene out. And then it says right here, <laughs> this is funny. It says, when the natives saw this creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom through he's escaped the sea, yet justice, justice does not allow him to live. And notice verse five, ladies and gentlemen, this is awesome. Think about yourself. When that viper, when that snake comes, look at verse five. And he shook off the creature into the fire and he suffered no harm. And they were waiting for him to pass out and die, okay? And look what happens if you read the rest of the story. I don't have time. Nothing happened to him. But I love this. Oh my gosh, this is so powerful. This will preach. And notice what he says. He shook it off. <laughs> Pastor Nichols said over and over and over. He said, there are things that come against you and you got to shake it off. Let's all shake it off together. Do that like that. Shake it off. Shake it off. Oh my gosh, I can remember him preaching that powerful message. You've got to shake off that adversity. If you carry it around like a cloak and you let that dart, but Pastor Brown, you just don't know what I'm going through. You just don't know how bad it is. I understand and I have compassion and passion on how bad it is, but you've got to remember how big your God is. If he can create the earth, open the seas, raise Jesus from the dead, he can take care of your mortgage. Okay, he can help you make that car payment. He can get you a better job. And if they said, well, Pastor Brian, I tested for this and I've got this. Listen, he is still the healer today. He is still wants to manifest healing in our bodies. And regardless of the disease and where it came from, I know we have all these arguments of where diseases come from. I know where they come from. I've got one place they come from. Hell, that's where they come from. Okay, if the CDC wants to ask me about a disease, it came from hell, okay? 
<laughs> it's demonic. Why? Because what does it do? It kills, it steals, it destroys. I don't care really where it came from. I don't really care what it does. All I know is I'm going to stand against it because God wants me to shake it off. You say, Pastor Brian, I've got symptoms in my body. You've got to shake that fear off and say, I believe that Jesus is my healer. And receive and fight for your healing. Even if you have to take the medicine, you take it in whose name? In the doctor's name? No, in the name of Jesus. If you got to have that surgery, you go in the name of Jesus. If you got to do this or do that medically, do it in the name of Jesus. Fight the good fight of faith. And I'm telling you what, God will turn your adversity into victory. Hey, look in Philippians as I, I try to close here in a couple of minutes anyway. I just, I just love this man's attitude. It captures who we are as Christians. And in Philippians, this is an interesting thing as we sort of move to the conclusion of this. You can't really stop this kind of message. But anyway, for the sake of time, notice what it says here in Ephesians chapter 1. This is the Apostle Paul. He wrote this book of Philippians, excuse me, Philippians chapter 1, verse number 12. He wrote this while he was in prison, okay? And they say that this was the most joyous, optimistic writing of his entire ministry is what scholars say about Philippians chapter 1. And he wrote this in prison. And if you were incarcerated, how would you feel? You wouldn't feel happy, would you? No, I wouldn't either. But this man knew who he was in Jesus Christ, and he was not moved by where he felt and what was going on. He, moved, he was moved by what he believed. And, of course, he said it adequately, as I said a while ago, none of these things move me. Notice verse 12. Can you say this about your life? You need to. Watch this in verse 12. He said, I want you to know, brothers and sisters of the family of God, not necessarily talking to the world here, he said that the things that have happened have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Isn't that an awesome thing to say? This situation I have gone through is actually turning out for the gospel of Jesus Christ to go even further. This problem, this situation that I'm dealing with, God is going to get the glory through. And when you have that attitude, you're partnering with God for victory. It may not be victorious at the moment. I promise you, though, if you'll believe for victory, victory will come. You say, I just lost a family member. They went to heaven. Is there victory in that? Yes, there is. Because the day, this day you woke up, you're one day closer to seeing that family member. You will see them on the other side because if they believed in Jesus Christ, we will be together forever. That is a promise from God. And if God promised it, it is not only a promise, it is a fact. And it has nothing to do with their righteousness, your righteousness, your good works, their good works. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. And heaven is real. You can live a hundred years down here, but a billion years there is just getting started. And it's a lot more glorious there because guess what? I've got good news. There are no hospitals there. There's no pharmacies there. And guess what? There's no funeral homes there. Amen. <laughs> There's no cemeteries there. Anyway, hallelujah. And I'll be 30 years old. I'm 58 now. And I'll be 30 and handsome and good looking. And Dave and I'll have hair and man you'll just see us look like Fabio and all those guys strong and healthy and I'm moving on past that subject okay <laughs> that's what it says in verse 12 I want you to know brethren I don't know who Fabio is that just came to me I guess I will find that out later I want you to know brethren the things that have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel verse number 13 so it's become evident to this whole palace guard to all the rest that my chains or these problems are in Jesus Christ and skip down to verse number 19 for time he's talking 
talking about here, look what it says in verse 19. For I know that this will turn, talking about this situation, will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, that is so important. That's why we need one another in the body of Christ. That's why you need a church like Metroplex Family Church. You can go to a church where they entertain you. You can go to a church where they make you feel good. But if you want a church that breathes in the power of prayer of agreement to see the situation through the supply of Jesus Christ turn to your victory or turn to your freedom, then this is the place to be. Because I'm going to stand with you in Jesus' name, not in a social aspect to pat you on the back and say, just hold on, God will help you eventually. No, God is for you right now. He has not lost his power. His provision is at hand, and God neither sleeps nor slumbers. He is awake right now. He is ready, and he is poised, and we are going to fight the good fight of faith together. We are in a war, and I am going to stand with you as a pastor. This team is going to stand with you as a pastor, and we're going to fight till there's victory, and we're not going to quit. You've got the best kind of leadership to be with you in that foxhole of life, and that is me. I am the George Patton of 2021, and I'm not going to use any profanity. All right, moving right along. <laughs> Notice what it says here. According to verse 20, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing shall be ashamed, but with all boldness. Everybody say all boldness. Boldness not in myself, but boldness in the Lord. Man, I want to brag on Jesus. That's what I've done here for 20 minutes and we're getting ready to close here. It's brag on the greatness of Jesus Christ. He's the man that hung between heaven and earth. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy to be trusted. He's worthy to know that he said he would go away and prepare a place. And that is not a double wide on the other side of the moon here. That is a mansion. That is a place of glory. And that's where God's people will be. And he's going to take heaven and move it down to the earth one day. Isn't that awesome? He said it'd be the new Jerusalem, not the new Crowley <laughs> or the new, you know, whatever. I mean, thank God for Crowley and thank God for, you know, all the cities around here. But he said it'd be the new Jerusalem, a city of God, and it's made of gold. How many of you ride the I-35 and hit those bumps? There are not going to be any bumps in heaven, okay? Anyway, praise the Lord. I'm preaching about heaven, and I don't know why, but I tell you what, heaven's a part of the reward. But it says right here, with all boldness, as now as always, Jesus Christ will be magnified in my body, whether in life or death. I just want to close here. I'm bringing you a couple of scriptures from the Old Testament and literally just encourage you here. Uh, Psalm 34, 17. God will turn your adversity in victory, and God will deliver you out of adversity. Let this speak to your heart, Ryan. Whatever you're going through, as, uh, Psalm 34, 19, whatever you're going through right now, let this just speak to your heart. 34, 19, check this out. Just listen to this. This is awesome. I was going to try to get up here, and this is a quote-unquote book release day and all this kind of stuff, and, and try to <clears throat> be all uh, reserved and professional, and I just absolutely lost it with enthusiasm. I, I just feel like I'm Jesus' biggest cheerleader, okay? I'm a male cheerleader. You ever seen those male cheerleaders? Man, those guys are strong, are they not? Picking those girls up and throwing them through the air. Uh, anyway, they are, they are really buffed. I know some of them say they're gay or whatever, but they're not. I don't know. I can't answer that. All I know, they're a strong, good-looking men, and you know, they're cheerleaders and whatever on. And I don't know where that came from with that story. But anyway, Psalm 34, 19 <laughs> says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But watch this now. Here we go. Here we go. So we close now. Hold on. Just hold on. Many of the afflictions of the righteous. How many times you hear that quoted? You go to most denominational churches and most denominational churches and they'll tell you many of the afflictions of the righteous, Pastor Brian or Reverend Brian. I can't stand that when people call me Reverend Brian, especially outside there. I'm not a reverend. 
I'm Brian Jacobs. Okay. Anyway, many of the afflictions are righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of a few of them. No, come on now. What does it say here? The Lord delivers them out of what? All. Everybody say all. All. It says the Lord delivers them out of them all. I'm telling you, one way or another in Jesus, you're going to win if you never quit and give up. Come on now. If Rocky can win every time, I know you can win through Jesus, okay? How many times is Rocky, Adrian, Adrian. He doesn't lose, does he not? He always wins. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Isaiah 54, 17. Isaiah 54, 17. Some of you may, are going to watch this message later because you're going to need it. When that day of adversity is knocking on your door, you need what I'm talking about. Because when you spit back in the face of your adversary, especially this over here in Isaiah 54, 17, listen to this. Isaiah 54, 17, here is an awesome one that applies to every situation you're going through, whatever it may be. Isaiah 54, 17, listen to this. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Guess who's saying this? Not Brian Jacobs, the Lord. He says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. That voice that's speaking to you that you'll never make it. That voice is telling you'll never be healed. You'll never have this breakthrough. This is what it says. This, th no, every time that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Didn't say the Lord would condemn it. You shall condemn it. Isn't that beautiful? It says, this is a heritage of the Lord and their righteousness is of what? Is of me, says the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, what a powerful promise. When sickness and adversity and all the things demonically are coming against you and I, it says that we have a heritage of the Lord to stand against that. I think that's a beautiful, powerful promise here that the Lord promises deliverance from adversity. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly encouraged by that. Regardless of what's going on, I know there's a heritage of righteousness that comes from the Lord, not myself. And that heritage of right, righteousness keeps me to the place where I know that I'll be delivered regardless of the weapon. Hey, let's close with this. How many of you always heard this? My life is just like Job. How many of us all heard that? As a matter of fact, I heard that recently. Pastor Brian, I'm just like old Job. My life is just like Job. Okay, let's look at Job. Job's the oldest book in the Bible. Let's just look at him real quickly. As a matter of fact, we'll close. And I want to give you this promise that your life can be like Job's and that the fact that your ending life is better than your beginning life. Watch this. In Job chapter 3, this is the classic verse 25 that most people quote about Job, okay? And, they, and by the way, if you read the rest to the book of Job, you'll see that what he started out with is not how he ended, okay? Yes, it says here in chapter 3, verse 25, this is one thing he says. He says, that which I greatly feared has come upon me. That which I have dreaded has happened to me. Notice what he says here. I am not eased, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, for trouble comes. There was no soul rest in Job's life. And he absolutely fell apart here. He suffered great adversity. But I want you to know, as you read the book and go through the rest of this book, you discover how powerfully God turns it around in Job's life. And so many times we compare our lives to Job. But if we really compared our lives to Job, then what does it say at the end of the book of Job? Job 42. 
Job 42 talks about the end of his life. And look what, look what happens to Job at the back of the book. As a matter of fact, I heard someone, I heard someone say this, you need to read the book and read the, always read the back of the book to understand how the book turns out. Notice what it says here in Job 42 in verse number 12. Listen to this. It says, now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Isn't that a great promise? I mean, look, he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, uh, 1,000 yoke of female, and 1,000 female donkeys. That is a lot of poo-poo to be dealing with, okay? <laughs> I don't know about you. That's a lot of, you know, barnyard whatever. But I'm telling you what, notice what it says here. He says he blessed the latter days. Also, he had seven sons and three daughters. And in this blessing of the latter days, you go all the way down to the end of the chapter here in verse number 16. And notice what it says. And Job lived 140 years and saw his children, his grandchildren for four generations. And notice verse 17. It's what a powerful verse here, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 17. It says, Job died. He was old. And watch this. He was full. Everybody say full. Full of days. What does that mean, Pastor Brian? That means his life was full and complete. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a beautiful promise from God's word that what Job went through, what you're going through, regardless of the situation, God wants to turn around from your adversity into victory and make your days full. That you're not enduring your life, but you're enjoying your life. That there comes to a point where you're at a quietness in your soul, this restfulness, and the voice of God is louder than the voice of fear. But you've got to quieten yourself. You've got to Steal yourself. And you've got to trust in the fact that that peace, that that inner, 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 inner self way down is the Holy Spirit wanting to speak to you and wanting to tell you very similar what these scriptures saying. Hey, don't you give up. Don't you quit. Don't let what the world is telling you. Don't let the body, your body is telling you or others or even what the doctor has said. Don't let it take you to a place where you're not trusting God and only trusting in yourself. Yes, you need to seek help. Yes, you need to seek counsel. Yes, you need a partnership of faith. That's what we're all here to do together. But you also need the partnership of God to take that adversity into a place of victory. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your promises, your powerful provision, that you can turn every problem, situation that we're dealing with into a victory if we trust you. And so right now, Lord, I pray for every person that's watching, those that have been diagnosed this week with the COVID situation, for those that are dealing with other factors of life's challenges and problems from cancer to other things that have been diagnosed with, to those that just had surgery this week, to those that are in recovery, to those right now that are facing financial challenges, to those that are facing marriage situations and crisis in their family. Right now, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us the victory, for turning adversity into victory. And Lord, we trust you. And I'm asking you right now to speak hope and speak peace and power through the Holy Spirit to everybody watching, to everybody here in this auditorium. We trust you in Jesus' name to be our victor as we thank you that we're not going to be a victim, but we're going to be a victor in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.